Hello, and welcome to the Client Experience Revolution podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode. I am honored today to have Audra Richardson of I Balance Her. Hi, Audra. Hello. I wanted to have you on the show because I think there's so many women out there. We've talked about burnout. We've talked about so many different aspects of what we as women in professional settings can um, experience, but what you do is so different. And I wanted to highlight that. So tell us a little bit about your background, your business, and what you're all about. All right. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited. Well, a little bit about myself. I am, again, my name is Audra Richardson. I own a, a business that's called I Balance Her. Previously, before owning this company, um, I've been an entrepreneur for years now. I've kind of done, done a little bit of everything, boutique um, <laughs> store, and we actually have multiple businesses. So with I Balance Her, it's my passion. It's really who I am. I help superwomen shift from managed chaos to peaceful productivity. In a nutshell, I help them with the mental load that we carry day to day. And that mental load can be so heavy to where if you don't learn how to delegate things or have this support system and take care of yourself first, you begin to get overwhelmed and you burn out. And as mothers, we we know what that feels like. I'm a mother of six. Before I was a, a wife and a mother of six, I was a teen mom. I had my daughter three days before graduation. So here I am, (laughs) you know, with the baby, I had a C-session. So here I am being wheeled in a wheelchair and then I walk across stage and you're like, okay, here you go. You got to figure it out. Now you, you know, you're enrolling college and you're taking care of a baby. So I know what it's like to be a single mom of one and then a single mom of three (laughs) and Working, taking the the little kids to the office with me every day in my store. And I remember closing my store and doing it online and working a a nine to five job. So I know what it's like to have to juggle all of those tasks and, you know, wearing so many hats and working in outreach ministry and taking the kids to the games and practice and all these things by yourself. But one thing I always made sure that I had was a, a strong support system. That's what made it better. I would connect with other, at the time, I would connect with other single moms. And we were, rather it was on a weekend, on a Sunday, we would have potlucks. You know, we would put our money together. We would do things like this so that we can support, just to kind of ease the pain just a little bit. And so that the kids didn't really see the lack and see anything different just because you're in a, a, a single parent home. And so I just think that's very important as if you're a single mom, that you do things like that to have that support system. And now being a mom of six, you know, being a married woman, I I still have a strong support system and connect. And I have a group that's called Mother's Village in my neighborhood. And so I just think that, you know, I believe that when my kids are out in the neighborhood, they shouldn't feel like the neighbors are strangers. You should know who they are. We come together. I have large gatherings for the holidays, Valentine's Day, whatever, and bring the families together where the husbands are connecting with each other, building relationships. The wives are together. So if my neighbor on another street needs something, they call me. Um, So I just think that's very important for women to have that. That is amazing. You are basically the cup of sugar mom. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yes, I am. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a little bit more for those who aren't familiar with the term a mental load. What does mental load mean for, and I, and I know like when we're speaking about mental load, I think primarily, I mean, I, and I'm not a scientist, but I would say that I've experienced that it's primarily women who deal with my mental load. So tell us what mental load means to you and what it might look like. So mental load, we hear this term, you know, a lot of times just for women, but men also carry a mental load. It's just different. And for us as women, we are always caring and we're fouling things mentally, rather that's for the for our spouse, if you if you're married, for our kids. We keep up, we keep track of everything. So 
everyone, you know, come to us in the house because they know mom knows <laughs> that mom know what we need to do, what we need to do, when we need to do it. And sometimes keeping track of everything and when everything needs to be done, we just get overwhelmed because oftentimes I've seen to where we can keep up with everyone else information and we forgot that we need to be taking care of ourselves first. And so we begin to get just overwhelmed. We burn out because our kids are calling our name a hundred times a day. <laughs> our spouse is saying, hey, hey, hon, you know, do you remember where I put that piece of paper? Well, it's on your side of the bed. You know, it just be simple little things. But sometimes we can make it look so easy, but it's still overwhelming because we are keeping up with when the bills need to get paid or, you know, I have a meeting scheduled and my kids now we're working, you know, kids are in school from home. Now my child needs to be on the computer at 930, but I'm also in the office at 930. So just keeping up with everything and just making sure everyone gets through their day. We're, um, organ we're always organizing things uh, mentally. We're always multitasking, which is overwhelming. We're always planning. We're planning vacations. We're planning everything out to make sure we're budgeting, keeping up with the bills. And we're always reminding everyone else on what they should be doing instead of teaching them that they need to be doing that part of their life. And so I just believe as a mother, it's my responsibility to teach the kids how to be responsible and to remember and set reminders for themselves. It's not always just on me to do that. That, so that's one of the tips that, that I would suggest everyone do. It reminds me of, and my kids had this because they knew it annoyed the crap out of me, but mm -hmm. there's this episode of King of the Hill, which is like an adult cartoon where the son is at the bedside and he's like, mom, 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 mommy, mama, mommy, mommy, <laughs> mommy, mommy. And then finally she goes, what? And he goes, I love you. I love you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So for the longest time, my girls would have that as their like ringtone on their phone. Mom, 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 mama, mommy, mommy, you know, and then I mean, but that's like reality is that right. it's the go to because we know, you know, we mm -hmm. know what's happening in our family's lives. Right. We remember everything. And so we, want, if you're not careful, you find yourself, you lose yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I know for myself and I mean, I'm blessed with, I'm blessed with a support system as well. And mm -hmm. in that I have older children too, that will help me with my younger child and, you know, and do it great. You know, they, they never complain, you know, my um, older girls are 21 and 19. So like I can send them a text and say, Hey, can you pick your sister up from you know, daycare and they'll be like, oh yeah, sure. No problem. You know, and they never complain about that or, you know, a parent, you know, who will take a kid for the weekend or, or, you know, whatever it might be. But even I will go about my day and there's so many things going on that I'll realize it's like 7 PM and I'm like, why don't I feel good? And then I realize I literally did not eat all day yeah. long. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't eat, I didn't drink water. I didn't eat. I just yeah. went, went, went hard all day long, just taking care of everybody else or taking care of my business, which I think is a really, you know, when we're motivated and driven women, whether that be entrepreneurs or corporate or whatever it might be, the last thing on our mind is taking care of ourselves. Right. Because there's so many other needs that come up. Exactly. I, I do this thing. I, I uh, help my clients with, and I do it every day, is commended my day. I start my day with me. <laughs> Meditating, reading my Bible, having just that time of setting the tone for the day. Because I realize that when the kids wake up, they're going to call my name, mm -hmm. requiring something from me. Um, my husband, you know, thank God, you know, I have the husband I have, you know, he's, he's always trying to, you know, ask me, do I need any help or anything? But somewhere within a day, he's going to probably ask me something. Yeah. You know, it's just normal, right? That's just what we do. And then clients, they're asking you to do things, you know, so you, everyone is pulling on you every day. So you already know that. So how start your day with you. 
in mind. It's not being selfish. Sometimes we're getting up and we're straight. We are just getting up, preparing for the kids, getting breakfast done. But what about yourself? And so that's one of the things that I do every morning. I want to start with myself and doing what I need to do. I have the saying, you know, give from your overflow. So to give from your overflow, you, that means you have to fill yourself up every day. You can't give from an empty cup. Right. And so if we just make ourselves a priority, just like we want to do our best as being a, a great wife and a, a great mother and being a great employer or a great boss, be a, just be a great person to yourself. Take care of yourself. You only get one chance to do this thing in life. Like Take care of yourself. And your family appreciates it. And they'll begin to respect that. And it just takes having a conversation with them and saying, you know what? I need to do a better job of taking care of myself. Can y'all help hold me accountable and say, hey, guess what, mom? You know, hey, mom, did you get up this morning and have time for yourself? Did you do this? So you'll find your kids asking you and your spouse saying, hey, you missed today. I didn't see you go for your walk or I didn't see you do this. Just, they will hold you accountable because they see that you want to take care of yourself. I love that. I did an episode by myself actually a while back where I talked about grace and I talked about how easy it is sometimes for us to pay it forward to other people, but we are so unkind to ourselves right. and how we, we lack the ability of extending that grace to ourselves, not only when we mess up, but just in daily life, you know, like mm-hmm. And being able to, you know, just notice that we're a human being and we can see that other people have needs, mm-hmm. but we don't see it for ourselves. Exactly. Yes. We don't see it that we need it too. Mm-hmm. So I know that what is so great about your company, I Balance Her, is that it is so multifaceted because we as women are multifaceted. And I wanted to kind of break down, you know, we just highlight, and there's so many areas that you help women with, but there's three in particular that I wanted to talk about. First, talk about some of the challenges that women are facing, and then okay. go back and revisit those categories and talk about some of the things that you do to help women in those areas. So the first I wanted to talk about was professional. For women in particular, and this could be entrepreneurs, you know, women working from home. This could be women working outside of the home. But what are some of the challenges that you're seeing in your clients that professionally that this mental load and this responsibility is really taking a toll on them? So in women that I'm working with that's in the professional realm, in their business, their thing was, you know, yes, with this pandemic going on, they're just overwhelmed because they work nine to five and the kids are home and they're just like, I can't do it all. And I feel like a mate when I get home because the kids are home all day. And I was like, okay. Just recently, I had one say that to me about two weeks ago. And I was like, okay, we can fix that. So... I was like, guess what? I'm going to bring in a service and we're going to take care of that. It was just that simple. Yeah. But oftentimes as women, we feel like we have to do it all and it has to be perfect. Guess what? It's okay. Let the, even if you can't afford, I, you know, I remember time that I couldn't afford that. I was a single mom. Okay. Yes. Maybe you can't bring in someone that can clean the house. But guess what? The kids can sweep the floors. (laughs) Like they may not do it the way you do it. They may not clean the floors the way you do, but delegate that task. Say, hey, you know, you're home all day. Between your breaks, I need you to sweep the kitchen floor. Whatever the case may be. Fold the laundry. It's okay. Just ask them to help you just to get it done. And so it's just simple, sometimes simple things like that. But it's not as simple when you're in the moment, you're overwhelmed and you really feel like you have to do it all. And so sometimes being professional women, we work so many long hours and we're away from home a lot. When we come home, we just feel like, okay, let me take care of home. No, you go in and spend time with your family. They need you right now. We will bring someone else in to do those things so that now you can put your attention on your family and have fun and relax you know, whatever it is that you need to do. Well, and I think too, we have to, we feel often that it means that we have to be the boss of home too. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we have to 
recognize that there's a need and no one else can see us right around them. You know what I mean? And then we have to be the one that says, Hey, this thing needs to be done. Then it feels like it's another thing that we have to take care of, even if we're not the one taking care of it. Right. So it sounds like part of the um, equation too is if you have one enlisting the support of your partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's been times where, you know, I am unable to do something and my husband steps in and, and he get it done, even though he works, you know, long hours, six hours, six days a week. But it's just having, just partnering with and having that conversation piece with the family and saying, you know, this is our household. We need to take care of it. We need to take care of each other. And everyone just pulled the load. It's not just the woman doing it. What? things and pressures you see professional women uh, having in the workplace, you know, that may contribute to this as well? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Because they're so stressed that they work so many tasks, so much to do, but then their mind is still at home of the things that they need to do there. I think even in the workplace, you know, teaming up with others and, and, and learning to say no to some things. Sometimes we see that other people need us to do more and we don't want to say no. No is a powerful word and you don't have to explain yourself. I've been there. I, you know, when you have a big heart, you want to help others and you just continue to take on more and more things. And I've heard, I've gotten phone calls and phone calls about, you know, well, you know, this person can do it the way it needs to be done. So I just said, I do it. No, allow other people to grow in those areas and learn to do it. And you just do the part that you need to do. Sometimes we just want to do so much and just, just be a superstar at everything, you know, be a superwoman, period. And sometimes that's not good for us. It's not good for our, the mental load, our health, physically, emotionally, it's just not good. I wish that I knew who I could attribute the quote to. I'm sorry, I, like, I feel like I always say that because I hear things and then I forget who said it. But <laughs> somebody said that I heard that we, our generation of women grew up saying that we could do anything that we put our minds to. Mm-hmm. They never told us that nothing else was going to get taken away. Yep. And mm-hmm. so we still carry the burden and the emotional responsibility that our, you know, that previous generations of women just took care of in the home. But then on top of that, we have this drive and really responsibility to be another contributing partner, maybe that, or contributing person, maybe that's because we're a single parent or because a lot of homes need, need to income to Mm -hmm. survive. And so we're really balancing a lot on our shoulders and, and we're, um, you know, like you said, it, it's somewhat of it is a self-driven, like I can do all of this type of a thing, mm-hmm. but somewhat of it is I have to do all of these things. Like it's right. my responsibility to do all of these things because if I don't, then I'm letting other people down because I'm not reaching my full potential and I'm not taking care of the things that are my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So in family life, aside from like housework and aside from, you know, feeling like you need to be a maid, which I totally understand, even though I'm a horrible maid, um, <laughs> like horrible. If <laughs> you could see my house right now. What are some of the other family pressures that your clients are experiencing because they have these pressures, you know, now that we've talked about it, like on a professional level or coming home from a, you know, from a stressful professional environment, what, what are some other family you know, burdens and responsibilities that women are experiencing? Things kind of change. Some of the conversations that they're having now, you know, one would be financial because of the times that we're living in right now. And so just the vision overall for the family have have really shifted because I think a lot of stress that they're under. And so I think that a lot of moms are feeling the stress, you know, financial-wise, but also the stress is coming, the burden is coming even from the kids because things look different right now. And so recently I had a conversation kind of about that. 
that parents or mothers specialists feel like they need to do more, make more to, and I think that's just being, I think it's just because the unknown of really what they're doing. So the communication is kind of off in the homes right now. But I'm also, I was having a conversation with a couple yesterday that I was actually doing a hosting their group, a marriage group. And we were talking about, you know, how the seasons have changed. And we, were, we was also talking about, you know, pivoting in the household for marriages. And I think communication is key right now. And even if that requires you to over-communicate. And so I, I just, my advice for the ladies during this time is to make sure that the communication is open. Just because a lot of people are just feeling overwhelmed. They're just stressed right now. And just making sure that we're not allowing others to dump that frustration and burden upon us, even if it's through a conversation. Um, I can imagine that parenting comes into it as well. I know that there's been, I mean, I'll keep it clean, but uh, there's been (laughs) times where I've said to myself, like, I have to make a decision about my girls and which of these two decisions is going to F them over less. Uh Because either way... I'm going to screw up my kid, like, you know, because I don't have a good option here, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I think society wise, we have pressures on us as parents and our generation, especially, I mean, like, I think, I mean, there's a lot of influencers and say that we've done harm to our kids by babying them too much or giving them too much. You know, I like never realized how different our our generation, I'm Gen X. So <laughs> like, but this pandemic, there's been all these like memes about how we were the original, like we're, we're the only ones that are going to survive the pandemic because we were latchkey kids and we had to like figure crap out and like... Mm-hmm you know, put food together that didn't make any sense, (laughs) figure out all this kind of stuff because we, you know, because we were just left to our own devices to figure it out. And our kids, they don't have to do that because we have put this pressure on ourselves to provide in a way that times can be unreasonable, which is beautiful and it's also disservice to them at times because they don't know sometimes how to you know work through situations that they're gonna have to have this critical thinking like they don't i saw again it was a meme but it was like mashed potatoes between like bologna or something and it was like and it was like a gen x lunch or something and i was like my kids they think there's no food in the house if there's nothing that is like microwavable, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so I'm like, open the cupboard, like there's, it's full, but they're like, mm-hmm. well, then you have to cook it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, put the bologna <laughs> in the skillet. You- <laughs> yeah. But for me, that was like, I remember like being hungry and like boiling <laughs> mushrooms and putting salt on it. You know what I there mean? Like, yeah. Figuring things out. But I think, you know, aside from that, you know, aside from like babying our kids or whatever it might be, I think that there's a lot of keeping up with the Joneses or yeah. there's a lot of like, if your kids are not in enough activities or, you know, like I even like my youngest, none of my kids are very athletic. And so I always say like, we're not a sports ball family, but like (laughs) my oldest was in choir all the way through. And then my middle is like a theater kid. And my youngest, she's like, I don't know what my thing is. And so Mm -hmm. she's so disturbed that she doesn't know what her thing is. And I was like, baby girl, you do not have to have a thing. Like you are perfect the way you are and you'll find things that you're interested in. I mean, you're 10, you know what I mean? Like, You don't have to have a thing just because all of your friends have been doing soccer since they were three. It doesn't right. mean that you, <laughs> you have to have a thing. And it just really highlights, again, the pressure as moms that we push ourselves, you know, like I hear these other moms, you know, we, we live in an area where, you know, they, they'll have kids in multiple activities. And mm-hmm. so I think that we can put that pressure on ourselves where it's unnecessary because we're seeing other people putting that pressure on themselves and it's this self-fulfilling, you know, prophecy where, you know, we're just all doing a disservice both to ourselves, but also putting unnecessary pressure on our kids. Have you seen that too? 
Yes. And I think social media plays a big part of that because we look on social media and we see the videos and we see the beautiful pictures, you know, families taking vacations three or four times a year. And, you know, we just really, yeah, like you say, you know, keeping up with the Jones, if every household was just to focus on their family and not compare themselves because kids do it all the time. And like you said, not putting that pressure on you, just living your life, living within your means and not trying to compare yourself to other people because you don't know what that family is dealing with behind closed doors and you just really don't know what they have to sacrifice to live that lifestyle. And so that's one, you know, things that we talk to our kids about. But I also just believe in allowing the kids to figure things out on purpose. There are days that I will not cook. And just to see if they would go in the kitchen and cook. And actually, my kids cook breakfast every morning for themselves. And I, and sometimes they cook and bring me food in the office, you know. And I'm just like, here, mom, we cook for you and dad. So it's just allowing them at a certain age to figure things out. Because, you know, like you said, the groceries in the pantry, like it's there just teaching them to be able to take care of themselves. Because we just never know how much time we have with our kids, but we need them to be able to do some things for themselves. Because it's not guaranteed if they're going to marry a wife they can cook or marry a husband that's going to be that provider, that financial provider for them. You know, so teaching them to be able to take care of themselves is very important. Even when it comes to keeping up their room, making sure that their room is clean. Doing things like that instead of just handing them technology, it really doesn't do them a service because they just want to Google everything and not allow themselves to even process things, to really think things through. And so I always send my kids back and say, hey, figure this out and then let me know what you come up with. I do it all the time. (laughs) I love that. And I think another area in the family realm, not controversial, but I think people have different, differing views on that is that I've always had a level of transparency Mm -hmm. of finances with my kids. Right. I've told my kids, this is what our mortgage is. Yes. This is what daddy makes for a living. This Mm -hmm. is what mommy makes for a living. Like this is how much it costs for us just to put a roof over your head. And that does not include electricity. That does not include internet. That does not include food. That does not include all of these things because I think not to make them feel bad or not to make them feel um, overwhelmed. Although I think in some ways they, I think in some ways they did feel like my oldest just moved out. And I think at first she was a little scared because she knew a a little too much about (laughs) how expensive it was going to be. However, I was so proud to see her. Like I said, you know, babe, do you need help setting up your electricity? She goes, Nope, I already took care of it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like is she she had a sense of the different components that go into building a household, whereas if you hide it from them or you're not completely honest, like the people who are going on vacation, are they paying for it or are they charging it? You know what I mean? Like you know, if you're not, and I've, I've even told my kids how much I have in credit card debt and it's not uh-huh. something I'm proud of. And mm-hmm. I said, that's because we lived outside of our means, you know what I right. mean? Like, and now we're paying for it. You know, we're now we're trying to build back and that's a priority for us. And that's why I want, that's why I am always on you to save your money and, you know, to really think about the things that you're buying for what it is that you really, really need or want, because you don't want to you don't want to pay on that thing for so many years. You know, it's not just a $15 a month payment. It is something that you will pay for years and years to come. And so I think that they're, you know, a responsibility. And I think that as a mother, you know, sharing that load, you know, in helping your kids understand that that's why we work so hard. You know, that's why, and it's been kind of beautiful and also like, I want to say sad, but it's not quite the right word, but like my daughter, my middle daughter, she has a friend whose parents waited to have kids. Mm -hmm. And so they were really set up in a different way than we were. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we, I literally got pregnant right when we got married 
And she, and so that friend didn't understand like why we're always working. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. why we can't do the things that his parents can do. Mm -hmm. And she said, listen, my parents have been hustling since day one. Like they had kids when they were kids. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, that's wonderful that that's your situation. But my parents work really hard because that's the choices that they made. You know, that's the choice that they made in their life. And so, you know, that's wonderful that that's not your situation, but that's the choice that they made. And it made me appreciate that she can see that. And it also made me, you know, proud that she understands that she can make a different choice for her life. Or she can make the same choice, but you, but everything is possible, you know, like just because, I mean, I got my bachelor's degree. It took me 12 years, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I went one class at a time because I had babies, mm-hmm. but I got my bachelor's degree right. you know, because it's possible. You can do those things, but you have to balance it out with all the other responsibilities. Exactly. You know, it's all about teaching them how to do it. They don't have to learn from, you know, how you did it, but teach them, okay, you ha- if you want this, if you, this can example, if you want this phone, this iPhone, you have to pay the bill. So it's teaching them, okay, what are you going to do to earn your money? And you pay your bill. You want to eat out every weekend? Okay, how much money do you have in your bank account? You know, we're open just like you are. You know, we show them the budget. We show them all those things. But we show them that you have to pay for these things that you want. Because this is not a need. You want this. So, okay, you do whatever it is, whatever it is you need to do around the house. You get paid. And then here's your money. You have so much money in your account. And when it's time for your bill to get paid, you pay your bill. If you don't have it, don't spend it. So it's just teaching them early about money and how to value it and then save money. So I just believe that as in our household, that's important to do because if you don't, kids just think that they can just ask for something and you just have to give it to them. You know, and that's, it's not good because it doesn't happen like that in the real world. You know, you have to work for whatever it is that you want and it just doesn't just show up. And so I just said, believe that if, you know, parents was just transparent with the kids and teach them early on how to work hard for whatever it is they desire, whether they want to go work for someone else or they want to be their own boss, you know, allow them, pull them into the meetings, allow them to hear the phone calls, allow them to file paperwork, allow them to work for you and make their money and see Mm -hmm. what it is that you do on a day-to-day basis so then they can decide, oh, I want to be my own boss or I want to work for someone else. And get and they tell me how much I'm going to get paid and then I go pay my bills with that. So it's just, just showing them early on. And that yeah. kept, and, and it got... Well, two things came to mind when we were talking and one is kind of silly. My dad is like a, he's very eccentric and he's, some people think he's very funny. I've heard his jokes a million times. So he's not as funny to me. But when we were growing up, my dad used to call the checkbook, he used to call it the checkbook of faith because he was going to have faith that there was going to be money to cover the check. <laughs> and I never understood that. I, I just was like, dad, you're weird. Like, why are you saying that? I don't understand why you're saying that. And then now as an adult, I can just like, I mean, the humor in it is just so funny to me, you know, because that we grew up very modestly. But the other thing that is on a more serious note is that I've been changing my language, both with my kids, but also with other people. Like when I make decisions about money, like there was something that I really wanted to do and I really wanted to invest in this week. And I ultimately decided not to do it. And so I started to say, I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. And I decided to finish because this is what I'm teaching myself. I'm allocating my funds elsewhere, or Mm -hmm. I have another financial priority that I'm taking care of right now because I don't want to think from a place of lack. And I don't want my kids to think like, that's what I realized as, and again, this is like the immaturity and being a mom. I said that so much when my kids were little that they thought we were just the most poor people on the planet. Mm -hmm. Like, 
And we live, we're blessed to live in a very affluent area. We live kind of on the edge of, on the edge of this area. We, we moved to this area for the school district. And so we're like halfway between like the not so affluent area and the affluent area. And so then they see their friends with their little McMansions and everything. And then they'd be like, mom, we're poor. And I was like, no, you are not poor. You are Maple Valley poor. Like that is like not the same thing. Like we have a beautiful home and maybe it's not the newest home. Maybe it's not the newest and greatest like mansion, this and that with the maid and all this kind of stuff. But you are so blessed. Right. You are so blessed. And so I think, you know, part of this mental load is, not just flipping our mouth, you know what I mean? Yes. Not just saying things because we're tired or because, you know, whatever, because I realized that me saying that for so many years, just saying, oh, we can't afford that. Nope, we're, you know, we can't afford that, you know, and maybe that was true. You know what I mean? At that time, there right. was many, many years where my husband worked in, my husband is a welder and he worked in the shipyards and he would be laid off a lot. And we couldn't afford that. But number one, we don't need to put that pressure on our kids. Right. And number two, I think it, it allows them to devalue the times when we're just prioritizing something else. You know, yeah. we're not, it's not that we can't afford it. We're choosing not to, we're choosing not that thing, you know? And so that's one of the things that I took away. I don't have a checkbook anymore or else I'd call it the checkbook of faith. Maybe I should call it the debit, the debit card of faith, you the know? Card of faith. <laughs> Please go through. <laughs> Save the client. <laughs> I, I literally have to call my dad today to remind him. I mean, I won't even have to like remind him. I'll just bring it up and say, dad, I came up in the podcast today. <laughs> But I like okay, it. So, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a pretty funny guy, that one. What do you see in terms of, you know, self-care? I mean, this we kind of touched on, but dang, it's so hard. I mean, I had, well, I have an accountability coach on my list in every monthly accountability call. Every single time is this freaking topic of self-care. Because mm -hmm. I'm so stinking bad at it. You know, like I just don't think about it. It's not on purpose. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, it's not like I think, oh, I want to, you know, I don't want to do that thing because I want to prioritize these other things. I just don't even think about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not even just something that's in my realm. And we were talking about this in the green room before we got started. And there was presentation that I saw and it was really interesting because she talked about how, you know, like we talk about serving from an empty cup or, you know, mm -hmm. like giving until we're empty. And she showed this image and it was this big vase. It was like a really big vase and there was little duckies in the bottom of it. And she says, you know, this is what we do is we fill our cup and then we pour it out. And she did it a couple of times and then the duckies like floated, right? And she goes, look at your cup, it's empty. Mm -hmm. And then she goes, now I want you to think about, and she emptied it out, put the duckies like down on the bottom again. She goes, now you think about what it would look like if you went to your source. And she goes, for me, my source is God. She goes, that might look like something else for you. But if you went to your source and then she took out like a um, pitcher of water mm -hmm. and she put the cup on top of the vase and she poured and poured and poured and poured until this cup was overflowing with water and all the duckies were rising up. And she goes, look at the cup. The cup is full. The cup is full and everybody else is rising it up. And it mm -hmm. was like a really powerful image. I don't know how to do that for myself yet, but I understand the concept of when you can pour into yourself that you can so much more powerfully pour into other people. Like what are the challenges aside from just being an airhead and forgetting to eat until you're, it's like seven o'clock <laughs> at night? Which I don't know who would do that. Mm -hmm. um, but like, what are some of the other challenges that you're seeing your clients have in terms of self-care? I think that sometimes we 
we want to make self-care seem like this major thing to where it's okay well let me plan the vacation the getaway you know schedule the the day at the spa all day it doesn't always have to look like that self-care can be just something that you do maybe 20 30 minutes within the day and so what i advise the ladies that you know are very busy and they don't have an hour or three hours within the day to do it either start your morning out with the self-care or end the day sometimes if you start the morning with self-care because you know you have a busy day by the time you get to the night you're just tired and you're out of it <laughs> then you know you made yourself a priority in the beginning you started your day with it so i would advise to put it on the calendar schedule time for you and so that can just look like you know a bubble bath that can be where you're just you know relaxing on the patio and you're getting to read a book that can look like Every day at your lunchtime, you go lay down and take a nap. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to take a nap and not feel bad about it. Like, I'm tired. I'm going to lay down. Shut your phone. Do not disturb. And just lay down. So it does. you don't have to go get your nails done. You don't have to. Just whatever it is that you want to do for that day. Self-care doesn't have to be once a week or once a month. Do it every single day. It makes Just me take a moment for yourself because there is something where like, especially after a long day, Mm-hmm. I'll put all my stuff down and I'll just tell the girls, I just need to get horizontal for a minute. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like not even take a nap, but I just need to like take the pressure off my feet, my back. I just like need to lay there and just like mm-hmm. snuggle up in my blankie and just like, I just need to get horizontal for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, and so every day I have a reminder. My calendar, uh, my alarm goes off, and that's the time for me. Whether I take a nap or I lay across the bed or whatever, like I, the baby go down for a nap. Now it's not doing anymore. I, I schedule just kind of changed, but you know, whatever the time it is, every day that's the time just for me. And kids doesn't bother. You know, it's just like okay, it's mama time. Or I have a, a area in my home. We have three living rooms in the house. So one living room, that's mine. And they know that's mama's space. That's her couch. Don't bother her blanket. Don't sit over there. And if they see me on that couch, they know. Don't talk to her. Don't bother her. <laughs> you know, see if she needs something if you want to. But that's that's my space. And so I advise that every woman to have a, a space in their home to where it's just their space. Oh, I love that. I think that's so good. I think that's so good. And I think it's encouraging too. I mean, like I said, sometimes you do think that you have to make it such a huge deal, but sometimes just getting horizontal is self-care, <laughs> you know, like just doing what you can do to refresh, you know, like, you know, just trying to, you know, bring it back to you, you know, bring it back to quiet. And that's another thing too, for me is, Like, I feel like there's so much noise with the phone and with the computer Mm -hmm. and with the kids and with work and I have employees. So like, you know, people need me all the time. And so it's just like, I just need like five minutes of quiet, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that that's a really encouraging, you know, an encouraging thing to do. You know, of putting the phones on do not disturb. Sometimes we feel bad about that because we think we're going to always miss an important test, important phone call. But put those phones on do not disturb. When you need to do something, whether it's for work or spend time with your family, shut it down. Learn to shut down. And it's okay. You have time that you call everyone back. You return those text messages. It doesn't have to get done rightly. That's an awesome, an awesome idea. What are some other like productivity hacks, like either for professional, for self-care, for the family? What are some other things that we can do to be more productive and not necessarily to fit more in, but just to provide more harmony and more balance in our days and in, you know, ultimately in our lives? So when I'm working with my clients, the first thing we do before we discuss anything else, we declutter. We declutter our ourselves, our physical space, mentally and emotionally. A lot of times we just hang on to everything. We feel like one day I'm going to need that. 
And it's like, you've been hanging on to things for years, 20 years, let it go. It's okay. You know, it's, it's okay. So that's the first thing that I advise is that to get rid of things that we've just been hanging on to. And then also mindset work. Because once you start letting things go, then we feel like, oh, I need to go back and get that. You know, I gave that task to someone else. No, I need to do it. They can't really do it the way I do it. And so I just advise to go through and delegate things. But then also to learn to say no. Learn to say no to others and say yes to you. And so that's the process. A lot of times we don't like to say yes to ourselves. We say yes to everyone else. And so when you are, so let's talk about this harmony thing because harmony looks different in every household and being productive looks different in every household. And I tell every client that don't compare yourself to other people and how they do it. Let's talk about your household what you feel like is weighing you down and let's get that off of you. So I'm bringing those solution pieces to them. And within the first 30 days, they feel better because now that they're not doing all the things, but they tend to want to gravitate back to it. And so harmony requires everyone in the household to play a part. And so it's bringing those kids in. If you're married, bringing the spouse in and everyone, first of all, having, having a conversation and what this looked like. And it's just getting those kids on, you know, on board and bringing that structure in. That's what I see a lot of times is missing in homes is the structure piece for that family. And so once you kind of set that foundation and the boundaries, then you can walk in harmony in this state with, with one another. Do you see that, I know you alluded to that it it can be difficult sometimes for people to maintain that long term. Mm -hmm. How do you see, um, or what would you say is the best way to make that a lasting quality for families? So I talked to them because, you know, seasons change. Just like in the natural, it does in the spirit and it does, you know, in, in families. And so I I share with them that seasons change. You know, this may be a season that your kids are are real active. So we need to kind of shift and, you know, pivot with that and kind of work other things out. And then it may go back to normal. And so what I like to do is, you know, within the whole year of communicating with them, seeing where it's changing. And then we're figuring out, okay, what we need to do now. And so it's just them realizing that it's not going to be the same all the time. But typically, like for the clients that I've worked with for a long time now, they've kind of learned where to go in and make those changes. Whether there's, you know, the schools, you know, things change with school or work or whatever, they're learning to go ahead and, you know, pivot in some of those areas. And so I think for the clients that that I have now and have had in the past, The only thing that kind of really changed, they wanted to go back. It was the mindset work of wanting to go back and pick those things up that they had let go. That's mostly where I kind of see, you know, that they kind of struggle in. So it's the flexibility um, as well as just understanding that you don't have to live the way that you lived before. Absolutely. I love that. That's so good. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Audra, before we wrap, there's always two questions that I ask every guest that's on the show. And the first question is, if someone was to walk away from this episode and they Mm -hmm. were to only take away one thing, Mm -hmm. and one thing that would be, you know, really impactful for them that they could do whether they had the money or didn't have the money, you know, one thing that they could do to help create a more harmonious lifestyle for themselves, what would be that one thing that you would recommend? I would recommend that the women let go of things that they don't have control over. Mm. Rather that's letting go of things or letting go of people. So good. Yeah, definitely. I think there are people that we keep in our lives that don't serve us Mm -hmm. and can make things more complicated for us, you know, because either they're holding us to a standard that we can't 
live up to or they are pressuring us either intentionally or not intentionally to be something that we're not. Mm-hmm. And that really resonates with me. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And then what, the, and this does not have to be related to productivity. It does not have to be related to mental load. I'm just honestly curious for you specifically, what would be the very best piece of advice that you've ever been given? The best advice I've ever been given to remind myself that I am worthy. Mm, That's so, so important and something that I think just universally, I I can imagine that men even really struggle with that too in different ways, you know, like the pressures that we experience in different gender roles can be different, but I think that, you know, worthiness is something that can seem elusive. And so, yeah, I I mean, that is something that I personally have been really working on. I know that I know it with my head, Mm -hmm. that sometimes I don't know it with my heart. With your heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when your heart and mind is in alignment. Yeah. (laughs) So, so good. So good. Well, we're going to definitely link your website. We're going to link all of your social in the show notes. So for everyone listening who has maybe been inspired by with, by what Audra has been saying, who wants to continue to have a conversation with her, she works with women all over the United States and really she could work with anybody globally. So mm-hmm. I really encourage you to reach out to her. But in terms of social, Audra, where are you hanging out the most these days? I love Instagram. <laughs> you okay. Yeah, I'm on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, but Instagram, yes, that's right. <laughs> okay, and it looks like there's a link in your bio of Instagram to schedule a call with you too. So if, Yes. Uh, so it's I underscore balance her or Audra underscore Richardson, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, so I think everyone who's listening, if you want to know more about Audra, if you're feeling like any of these things are resonating with you, please reach out to her and um, learn more about the things that she's doing with women to create more harmony in their home and to reduce the mental load that, man, most of us are feeling. So I um, encourage you to do that. And Audra, I thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your time with us today. Yes, thank you for having me. It was fun. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's always the goal. It's always the goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been another episode of the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and we will see you next time.